This is a podcast from thebuglepodcast.com. The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers. This is Andy Zaltzman speaking, and it is almost time for Bugle Relaunch. Bugle Relaunch. Sit by your radios and await further instructions. Do podcasts go out on radios? I will admit I'm a little bit rusty, and in any case, the further instructions are just await until Monday, the 24th of October, when the first episode of Bugle Relaunch will be launched. It's nearly here, Buglers. It is nearly here, and everyone here at Bugle HQ is getting very excited indeed. Admittedly, Bugle HQ is currently a small flat in Seattle, and it's only got me in it, but the point does stand. And on this little pre-launch sub-Bugle, we will be hearing from some of the new co-hosts who will be entertaining you over the forthcoming weeks, months, years, centuries, what the hell, millennia, let's aim long. A quick thank you to everyone who has come to see Satirist for Hire on my North American tour, which is now entering the final stages still shows to come and pay attention most of these were not in the original schedule I mentioned last time uh, in Los Angeles at the Nerd Melt showroom on the 17th and 18th I think the 18th is full or nearly full so please come on the 17th then Boston stroke Cambridge on the 19th uh, not that not that Cambridge the one with the big university so that's really not helped things has it uh, this is the Cambridge just across the river from Boston the, the American Boston the big one in Massachusetts, not the less big ones in Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Missouri, Pennsylvania, Texas, New York State, or uh, Virginia. Isn't the internet fun? Uh, that Boston-Cambridge gig is on uh, the 19th at the Oberon, then followed by two shows in Toronto, both on the 22nd at the Second City in the John Candy Theatre, and finishing up at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco on the 25th before I catapult myself back across the Atlantic to safety on the 26th. Details and ticket links at andysaltzman.co.uk. Amidst all those shows, I will be recording the first Bugle in New York with Hari Kondabolu. That's this chap, whom I spoke to just the other day. Hari Kondabolu, welcome to the Bugle. Let me just, uh, well, I'll do my introduction uh, of you for buglers who uh, may not uh, yet know your considerable oeuvre. You are, of course, the five-time All-American Gentleman's Freestyle Pretzel Twirling Champion, semi-finalist in the American Air Harpsichord Open of 2006. Um, and uh, have I missed anything out there? Those are the two main achievements in your career. I, I, I feel it was best to introduce you to the show with bullshit, because that's what you're going to be receiving. I was initially I was disappointed you mentioned the semi-finals uh, appearance. I, I, I prefer just the championships. I don't know why you would bring up a semi-finals appearance. All oh, right, sorry, so that brought back some harrowing memories. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I'm only in the pretzel twirling game now. <laughs> so it's great to have you joining uh, joining the bugle. You will be joining me for the relaunch episode. Yeah. Uh, which we're recording uh, in New York on the 21st, uh, 21st of October. Which happens uh, to be my birthday. Oh, well, what a... <laughs> right, well, I mean, you've really dropped that in there. I'm going to have to bring, you know, um, cakes, I mean, more. I don't know, do you, do you need a special throne for recording on your birthday? Well, I would like bags of Maynard's wine gums. Is that too much of a request? Uh, 
not not from a British perspective. I mean, that's okay. you know the ultimate expression of Britishness. So I mean, you will be much as John Oliver abandoned Britain and joined America. I guess you, <laughs> the Bugle can gradually assimilate you into uh, the United after Brexit. Of course, we are basically. I mean, we voted for Brexit to gradually retake yeah. the United States. Well, I find it funny because it's like you had the empire and then you lost it, and then I'm not saying the EU was an empire, but certainly. It, it gave you more considerably more reach, and then you voted to eliminate that empire. So that's a fascinating way to blow two empires. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I th- if we blow a third one, I think we're banned from empires forever. I mean, you get it's three strikes and you're out. <laughs> now, of course, we will be recording in uh, the final weeks uh, before the election in America, which uh, some listeners may have heard is happening um, on November the 8th. So, I mean, it could be a pretty short-lived return for the Bugle if Armageddon happens on November the 9th. Uh, have you have you enjoyed the election campaign so far? Um, enjoy is an interesting word, Andy. Um, I have enjoyed making fun of the candidates do I enjoy it as a human being? No, not at all. A person who hopes to maintain his dignity and the <laughs> dignity of others? No, not one bit. But if I just focus on my occupation as a comedian, you know, you know what it feels like? When I do stand-up, considering the possibilities that Donald Trump might be president, uh, I feel like Nero. I feel... <laughs> Like, I am telling jokes as the thing falls apart and everything is ablaze. Okay, so you see yourself very much as the de facto emperor of the United States. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think when I'm on stage, I am a god. So for those spurts of 45 minutes to an hour 15, (laughs) certainly... Well, I mean, we, we all know we all know that, Harry, and no doubt you will prove that uh, in our relaunch episode on the twenty first of October. I can't wait to get. Well, if, if I may ask you, how many other uh, co-hosts are there? Well, one at a time. So um, there'll be uh, well, in the initial roster, there's there's five, and uh, mm. um, we'll see uh, see how that flies. So, if I'm interpreting this right, yep. You are saying I am one-fifth of the man John Oliver is, and potentially, potentially, depending on how this goes, I might be even less of a man. Yes. Uh, I mean, you've interpreted that from the subtext. I guess it's clearly there. I mean, we can't... We can't <laughs> also, I'm covering my back. I mean, because over the first you know, eight and a half years of the Bugle, I had a 100% record for losing uh, co-hosts. Uh, admittedly, it did take eight and a half. So I've just got, I've got to cover my back. You know, I've got to have enough that when you all flounce off to become America's social conscience, there's there's other people ready to go. Yeah, but that doesn't actually help your win loss record because if you <laughs> lose four and you keep one, you'll be uh, two and five. Right. Oh, oh, you can, no, one and five. Right. Uh, I mean, that's better than Norton one, though, isn't it? I don't know. We, yes. you know. Let's not get too statistical at this point. But I mean, it's good. It's good to think already before having done your first episode of what will happen once you've left. So that's yeah. You know, it's good. It's good to think long term. That was Hari Kondabolu, lead-off hitter in Bugle Phase 2. I will then hot-foot it back across the pond for Phase 2, Episode 2 on the 28th of October. Following Hari Kondabolu into the Bugle co-host hot seat will be an altogether less American kettle of fish, Nish Kumar. Hello, Nish. Hi, Andy. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. 
I'm good. I'm just backstage getting ready to wipe out some some serious show business. All right. Well, I mean, that's what we expect from people who are coming on the bugle, right at the <laughs> absolute cutting edge of, uh, of showbiz. Uh, <laughs> able to hear some uh, opera singers warming up in the background. That's just <laughs> punk rock intensity I'll be bringing to the bugle. Right. That's. I mean, that's your standard rider for all gigs, isn't it? Yeah, opera full rehearsal. Yeah. So you'll be joining me on the 28th of October. Uh, currently, as we record this little uh, chat, it's uh, midway. It was party conference season back home yeah, in Britain. I, I mean, uh, how, how have you coped with that horrifying ordeal? Well, the emphasis is heavily on the party, Andy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is really when British politics comes to uh, let its hair down and uh, weave that hair into shapes that say alarmingly right-wing things. <laughs> So obviously Brexit has been the dominant uh, dominant thing in uh, in Britain yeah, yeah. this year. Uh, I mean, what's uh, are you optimistic for the future? Are you going to be bringing hope to hope to this podcast? Well, I don't know. I don't want to dash any expectations, but uh, in uh, the interest of complete openness and honesty, uh, when I found out we'd left the EU, I immediately had violent diarrhoea. So, <laughs> well, so uh, your 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 body was satirising the democratic my choices. Body the Nando's that I had on January on June the twenty third uh, this year voted leave with an overwhelming majority. <laughs> it was hard Brexit, Andy. Right? <laughs> yeah, not that hard by the sounds of it. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I think I can officially appoint you our Brexit correspondent on the bugle oh, as, great, we, okay. as we chart the next what fifty, sixty years of mayhem yeah. that will unfold. So. Well, <laughs> I'll lock you into that. We could, we could be in for a spicy couple of decades. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing your your take on those decades <laughs> over the next 20 years, Nish. Let's, 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 let's aim long term. <laughs> Before we meet a couple more of your incoming Buglemeisters, would you like to hear some bits from my US Satirist for Hire tour? I sincerely hope so, because that's what you're about to hear. So if you don't want to hear them... Uh, Put your fingers in your ears. Now, the acoustic quality at some of the venues has not resulted in absolutely tip-top broadcast quality recordings, but these bits come from the show at the Aladdin in Portland, which began half an hour after the conclusion of the second presidential debate, which will surely go down as one of the absolute high points in the history of human democracy, culture and language in general. So the first one, uh, Pip Allen. I realise this is being sent awfully late. When did you send this? This morning. Yeah, I mean, there's been about ten more since then, to be honest. (laughs) But given recent events, I'd like you to satirise the audience for going to a comedy show instead of watching what is going to be unmissable television. Now, I mean, what... what, I mean, presumably you meant the debates, not realising that it didn't actually... wasn't actually a full... Or did you mean something... Is there something else later? You didn't know when it started? (laughs) Look, if you're going to email the show, do some f***ing background research. (laughs) Not too much to ask. Or well, maybe the unmissable television being the post-mortem of, uh, of pundits just saying, oh my God, what has happened to this country? <laughs> is anyone here going to vote Trump? I'm not going to judge you. I think you should all vote Trump. Vote Trump. That is the message. You must vote Trump. You must. And I'll tell you why. Because it has now reached the stage where it is safer for America and better for the world if you vote Trump into the White House rather than release him back into the wild. <laughs> Take one for the team, America. At least there will be cameras on him at all times. <laughs> but anyway, so it was a 6 p.m. It was a, like, I, I thought, yeah, because when you sent it in, I checked the start. So 6 p.m. start. 
So I reckon that what most of you probably did, you started watching it at home, 6 p.m. by 6.15, you probably dived headfirst through your television sets <laughs> in frustration at what's become of your nation's political discourse. 45 minutes to tweeze the glass out of your face, clean yourself up, get here by 7.30. There you go. No need to miss it. Um, but the... Uh, it was, it was, I watched the first debate, I sort of followed, like I said, the uh, second debate <laughs> by text, by reading the, uh, the quotes from it, and uh, my arm is bizarre. Hillary Clinton, the pin-up girl of not really hitting home with the broader American public, um, <laughs> who has captured the imagination of middle America very much like a baby spider captures an Apache helicopter in its web, <laughs> versus Donald, the shitstorm of unfathomability Trump. <laughs> A one-man political tumour caused and aggravated by a horrendously unhealthy national political diet. So, I mean, what, what the f*** has happened to your democracy? You go home tonight. You go home tonight after this debate. You look into the skies, people of Portland. You will see something flashing through the sky. Looks like maybe a shooting star or a comet. You think, well, that wasn't there last night. I wonder what that is. I'll tell you what that is. That is the corpse of George Washington. <laughs> who will have been spinning so fast in his grave during that debate that he will have power-drilled his way out of it and flown into orbit. And he's just looking down on what was once his nation, shouting, it wasn't f***ing supposed to be like this! So, Trump, um, pretty much one of the first things he said was in his time as a politician over the last year and a half, he said, I can't even believe I'm saying that. No, Donald, neither can the rest of the f***ing universe. Um... Hillary said, there's nothing America cannot do as a nation. That much has become painfully obvious over this campaign. Um, uh, Donald Trump said, uh, I have, quotes, I have tremendous respect for women, and women have tremendous respect for me. Now, out of all the unbelievable things Trump has said in this campaign, I think that might be the most outlandish. And then he got into the environment. Uh, Trump started banging on about clean coal. But, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, but isn't that like kind of championing low-fat heroin? Isn't that, <laughs> um, but I think Trump, in some ways, has been very badly misrepresented in the press, though. Particularly this, this grab them by the pussy thing the other day. Um, he says you have to draw people's attention, uh, particularly women's attention, uh, by explaining to them the Pacific United States Social Engagement, Entrepreneurship and Ethical Economic Enterprise Exchange or Pussy uh, which is designed of course to foster socially responsible trade and business dealings between the US and the Asia Pacific region. That was Andy Zaltzman speaking there. And you will be able to hear more from him when the Bugle relaunches on the 24th of October. Issue 3 of the relaunched audio newspaper will feature the wonderful Wyatt Cenac for a pre-presidential election panic. Then, to bag and label everything after the big vote on the 8th, it will be Hari Kondabolu again on the 11th, following which, to see how the rest of the world is reacting to the festival of crackpot democracy we've all enjoyed in Britain and America this year, it will be someone from the rest of the world. India specifically, and Anuvab Pal. Uh, there have been some, uh, you know, some interesting uh, news stories in in India. Um, a slight flare up in the uh, the historic um, ding dong with uh, with your neighbours, Pakistan. I mean, how likely is it that uh, as our Indian correspondent, you will be basically our Armageddon correspondent? You know, this is a good time for. The India to be poised in the world economy, right? The pound to the rupee is at 82 rupees to the pound, best it's ever been. Um, America is whatever it is. 
So, you know, this would have been a great time to sort of be a player in the world economy. But uh, we went with the slightly more mild alternative of uh, a war <laughs> situation. We thought that would be the most calm, peaceful thing to do. Um, well, so- just, just what the world needed right now as well was a, n- another, you know, major flare-up. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Between two nuclear-armed states. Uh, uh, with a total population of one and a half billion people, it's, <laughs> it seemed like what what better event gives out a, a message of peace that the Dalai Lama would be proud of <laughs> than a- I think your wor- your words about America there, America is whatever it is, is probably the most astute analysis of the state of the U.S. that anyone has delivered this year. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Thank you. And, and you know, you you are you are um, you know. Uh, traveling across the United States, you know, currently, as as you've informed me, like many great novelists have, you have. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm a novelist. Oh, good. Well, yeah, nice. you know, like many many great British people have. You know, I remember a famous Dickens quote about America, where he said, uh, "You know, the more I discover the Americans, the less I know about myself." <laughs> and, uh, and, and it seems to be true again. You know, like. Uh, I think Churchill had said that Americans will eventually do the right thing after they've exhausted all other options. Um, <laughs> right. Well, they appear to be really going for all. They're finding new other options that no one knew existed right now. <laughs> Following Anuvab on the 25th of November, you're going to get not one Zoltzman, not three Zoltzmans, but two Zoltzmans. Me and this other one who I am blood related to. It's my sister, the undisputed uh, Nebuchadnezzar of podcasting. <laughs> Can I call you that? If you must. Uh, what did Nebuchadnezzar Helen, do? Biblical crimes? I don't know. All kinds of stuff. Uh-oh. He just he just ran the gaff. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there were certain question marks over some of his behaviour, I believe, according to uh, certain texts. Anyway, it's my sister, Helen Zaltzman. Hello. Um Hello, Helen. Uh, we're currently separated by uh, a significant ocean. And a continent. Um, yes, how, how are things? So I'm, I'm in Seattle. Uh, you, are, you are in the holy city of London. Um, uh, how, is, uh, how is Britain coping at the moment? Well, it's pretty sad in your absence, but uh, I'm sure you can right. hear the weeping from all the way over there. I mean, you've been in podcasting even longer than I have. Um, and... I mean, podcasting pretty much is the only hope for humanity, would you say, at this stage? I mean, it does seem to be pretty much a fact. I think it is a fact, Andy. You just said it's a fact, therefore it's a fact. It's recorded, so it sounds like that- a fact. <laughs> that, we're living in a post-fact universe now, so anything can be a fact. Live that dream. Now, in, in terms of having two members of the same family in this in this show, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's got to be a huge step forward for, for, for humanity. I mean, is it, I mean, it going to open the gateway to... Just all, all manner of siblings just trying to you know, come out of the woodwork. Well, what, you mean more Zaltzman siblings trying to get in on the act? Because we have a brother, and uh, I think he'd be pretty keen. But then all, all of these long-lost ones... Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean that's, let's not... How many siblings do you think we've got? Well, I don't know. I mean, it could be like after the Russian Revolution, be all these, you know, bogus... bogus Tsarinas and, and Tsaroviches <laughs> coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> I didn't even realise what what we were getting into by joining forces. I, I'm I'm going to back out. Okay. Oh crumbs. Okay. Well, that's that causes logistical problems. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, I will see you uh, in a, in a few weeks uh, after the end of my US tour, and we will speak uh, into a recorder on the 25th of November. 
Thank goodness. Yes. Yes. As we were, at, our mother prefigured this as she gave birth to both of us <laughs> five and a half years apart, and and before the internet even existed. Well, she's got a lot to answer for. So, there you go. It is T-minus X days now until the return of unquestionably one of the universe's top two or three million podcasts in its new form. Google relaunch. Google relaunch. Where X equals the number of days between whenever you're listening to this and the 24th of October, the day on which show one will be released. Do come to the Satirist for High shows if you can and or want to, both ideally, but I will take either. Those dates again, Los Angeles on the 17th and 18th, Boston, uh, or more realistically, Cambridge on the 19th, Toronto, two shows on the 22nd, and San Francisco on the 25th. Details at andyzaltzman.co.uk. The next time I speak to you, Buglers, the Bugle will be officially barking again. And I'll play you out until then with some more chunks of commission satire. Scott Van Vechten. Hello, Scott. I'd appreciate seeing you address the Californian diaspora, which has left Oregon overflowing with sandal-wearing stubble farmers. <laughs> so, now, um, how many, so I, heard, I heard there's a no, like, no Californian stickers. And there's, is there a big backlash? Again? How many Californians are in tonight? Burnham. Burnham, right. So what is, what is your beef with Californians? Property values, what they're, what they're pushing up. Sorry? They're too good looking? What? what they're breaking apart the marriages of the hideous Oregonians, is that it? Um, <laughs> what, what else? Umbrellas. What they, what, they bring umbrellas? or They use them? What, they're supposed to just let rain fall on them? Yeah. Get wet as God intended. Either use nothing or a f***ing arc. Nothing in between. <laughs> I mean, is, it, is it really that, that bad? Is there genuine hostility? There is. Their cars are too shiny. Yeah, I can see that is. I mean, it's the blazing sunshine I've enjoyed in Oregon. I can see that a shiny car is a bit of an issue. Okay, well, let's look at this. Okay. How big is Oregon? Not... 98,000 square miles. How many people live in Oregon? Four million. How big is the United Kingdom? 93,000 square miles. How many people live there? About 68 million. How big is Bangladesh? It is 53 million square miles. 170 million people there. You can take some Californians! is struggling with, with with migration at the moment and it's uh, huge I mean in America this has been the, the, the big thing of Trump's campaign yeah Amer- America is I mean uh, uh, one solution I guess when America would be use the middle bit you know <laughs> just give it a go Layla Barker I appreciate if you satirise the sport of cyclocross <laughs> Um, and my boyfriend has been obsessed for years and somehow convinced me to participate in a sport that has cost me thousands of dollars in bike equipment and medical bills. So cyclocross, uh, so basically it involves cycling round and round a circuit, up you know, these kind of hills and mud, and you have to carry your bike a bit. Is that right? So it's the perfect metaphor for life, which is what sport should be, in that you have to overcome numerous obstacles, most of them unnecessarily put in your way by other people. LAUGHTER 
struggle desperately merely to go round and round in circles. It's expensive, painful and pointless, and you end up f***ing knackered with a sneaking suspicion that everyone else has been cheating. In exactly the same place as you began, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. So... Um, uh, the origin of cyclocross is interesting. There's different views on it. Uh, one is that it originated in France as a means for French people to be able to fit in more affairs into their hectic daily schedule <laughs> by cycling from village to village to screw each other. Um, hence the onions that go with bikes in France because uh, they'd eat a raw onion after their sexual encounters with other people's spouses to camouflage the scent of their lover's perfume. Um, <laughs> and others say it's a radical branch of Christianity. Uh, cyclocross uh, that believes that Jesus was forced to bicycle to Calgary on his execution day carrying the cross on his shoulders <laughs> and that he intended to use the bike uh, which he'd miracled out of a disappointing cheesecake served at the Last Supper as a getaway vehicle there you go <laughs> but it's part of this uh, is it, it's increasingly popular I was reading cyclocross which more, more and more people seem to be doing these sports that are needlessly painful and difficult like have the tough mudder you have that here in Portland of Ironman triathlons, extreme titanium granite alloy man ultra triathlons, in which you have to swim through the largest tank at a municipal sewage works, cycle up a f***ing mountain on a kid's tricycle without wheels, and then run 80 miles blindfolded the runway up an interstate highway with a cheese grater strapped to your grumble chunks, before wrestling a bear and performing an appendectomy on yourself using a garden spade and a jar of peanut butter as an anaesthetic, just because it makes you feel alive. And Oh, I've raised $150 for my local rat sanctuary. Oh, f*** off. Play golf. Now, um... <coughs> uh, yours sincerely, Layla, a.k.a. by my Starbucks names of Leia, Lola, Lala, or Taylor. <laughs> so, I don't, I'm Starbucks names, that's... Because so, so, they, they write your name on... They, they kind of miss... So they mishear your name a lot, is that the problem? How do you work out your Starbucks name? Is it, is it your first pet and your mother's maiden name? <laughs> that's me also, I can't remember. Uh, that would make me uh, Tyrannosaurus Stalin. Oh, shit, my secret's out. Now, <laughs> I think it would be better if it was your earliest childhood memory and the cause of death of your paternal grandfather, <laughs> which would make me embarrassing urination human catapult. <laughs> Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.